And now, more Educate on TalkZone.com. Here's Jonathan Jefferson. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show and our discussion of music and the brain. If you'd like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. We're taking your calls on TalkZone. Sharon Golub is a music teacher at PS11 in Manhattan's Chelsea District. Ms. Golub is committed to making music an integral part of curriculum. She believes music stimulates the imagination and enlightens the mind. It is an invaluable part of the education and development of the whole person. Sharon, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Oh, thanks for coming on. Um, Sharon, what do you enjoy about teaching music and the brain? Uh, there's so much. It is the most amazing program that I've ever been involved in. Uh, I've got 800 students in my school. Every one of them has been through the program or is in it now. They absolutely love it. The results I see are amazing. Uh, if every study I read was not right, they'd still be having fun. But I absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> I just said absolutely. I said, and I wonder if a study has been done to show the difference in attendance. Like, or, or like it's before music in the brain. What was this, this, the attendance like? And after music in the brain, or once it was incorporated, did the attendance improve? Uh, Alicia, would you have anything like that? Well, I think that that question would probably apply more to to high school. But I will say, and especially in the case of Sharon's school. Uh, not exactly the, the attendance you're talking about, but she has her older kids who are no longer getting the program volunteering their time to come back into the music room to mentor the younger kids. So their attendance never really stops. Isn't that right, Sharon? Absolutely right. These children give up their recess. Once they get to third grade and they're no longer in the program, I have kids from third, fourth, and fifth grade giving up recess to help with the younger children. And I'd rather have the children in the room than, than an adult assistant because it's the most beautiful working relationship. You can see kids who've been through the program mentoring five-year-olds. Excellent. Now, what are some of the benefits, Sharon, that you see in your students who have taken music on the brain or in the process of taking music on the brain? Well, the, the benefits, first of all, I know for a fact that our math scores have gone up every single year. Except please say, please say that math. again because I'm going to be having a lot of people listen to this. <laughs> right, yeah, no, our math scores at PS11 have gone up every year except for last year when they changed the test. Our reading scores have gone up every year since I'm involved in the program, which is about 16 years. Um, so th that's fact right there. Our chess playing is amazing. We are great chess players at PS11, and I, I personally attribute that because it, it involves Playing chess and playing keyboard involves the skill of spatial temporal reasoning. Mm. And so the two go hand in hand. My kids' math is amazing because starting in kindergarten, they can tell you that a whole note and a whole note is eight beats. You know, and they're five. And they're adding, they can start to add and subtract. We do math problems. They, they can do all that because of this program. Their language, their language totally changes. They're talking like many adults at five years old. You know, they're talking about fermatas and, and repeat signs, and, and people are just blown away when they come to visit my children. And in essence, the, the higher standards that are now expected through Common Core, uh, music in the brain has already been attaining um, for the several years that it's been in existence, more than several years, almost two decades now. Absolutely. 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 
right. Leisha, we have, we still have plenty of time. So if there's more, uh, clips you'd like to, us to play, you know, please let us I, know. I, yeah, I, I think, um, first of all, I have to say, uh, what Sharon didn't, but she's, I consider, I consider her our rock and roll teacher in a way. And she <laughs> has the kids often jamming on top of, of blues chords and they're little wow. babies and they're just doing it. You know, a program's only as good as the teacher. We all know this. Mm-hmm. And Sharon's really good, so she gets these great results. Um, but one of one of the songs that maybe we can play, I Lost a Tooth, uh, this came about because one of my teachers said to me, back in the beginning when we were still, when I was still designing this, she said, Leisha, they're all losing teeth. They're thinking about their teeth. <laughs> we need a song about teeth. I'm sure Sharon will attest huh? to that. Um, and so we wrote this. Anyway, this is, this is our blues, and we just have to let it play a little bit, because Lisala takes it into another world. But anyway, the song is built on skips for the missing teeth, and then there's two rests which represent missing teeth embedded in this very simple song. Let's hear it. So awesome. It is awesome because I can see every seven year old looking in a mirror singing it when they look at the space. And (laughs) And then you know what else is a song for them? Yes, sorry. What I was going to add actually was that that then children are exposed to different genres of music because you've now taken a song and you've turned, you know, you're playing blues for them. Mm -hmm. And then in Leisha's books, there are, you know, jazz versions. And so then you have to have a conversation about what is jazz. And so. With my particular children, I mean, they're doing, you know, they know Elvis, the Beatles, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, all through this. You know, heavy metal we did today because Alicia has a song in in one of the books. I feel like it's Old MacDonald or The Farmer in the Dell. The Farmer in the Dell, which is so heavy metal, but rock. Well, it's heavier rock than they know when we're doing the Beatles. (laughs) So it's like such a rock tune for them. And, And then you have a conversation about that. They're just, they're... Their whole world opens up. We uh, we worked with a great pianist who did a version of Musette that is in, for those listeners who understand these things, it's in 5-4, very uncommon time signature. And it's really funny, when, when we play it for adults, they sometimes have trouble identifying, identifying the meter. But a lot of the kids will just shout out, oh, yeah, it's in 5. And this was just an arrangement, but maybe we could just play a little bit of this Musette. Uh, this inspires people to be pianists, if anything ever will. Okay. If we've got music going. Maybe not. Not yet. But okay. while we wait, <laughs> okay. I do have a question for Lisala. Lisala, in what way is teaching like performing? Oh, that's such a great question. I mean, I think that uh, you're, you're on as a teacher. In general, you are. But particularly as a music teacher because, you know, you're trying to convey the 
the importance of the song, the feelings of the song, the sentiment, the the uh, instrumentation if they're listening to uh, a recording, um, and you're on, and you've got to keep your audience. And, and there's a pe- part of our lessons where we call it the rug time, which is really the crux of the lesson. This is where they're gathered together away from the keyboards. They're, they're sitting and waiting to see what is the song of the day. And as the teacher, you've got to really convey that. And, you know, for, for every child, they may not love every single song, but you've got to be able to present it in a way that's going to be interesting to them, that they're going to want to go and apply themselves at that keyboard. And so I think it's very much a performance art in general teaching, um, but particularly in this, in this program, um, because, you know, each, each lesson is, is sequential. They're adding, there's a new concept, there's some new, skill that they're going to be learning in addition to reviewing all of the old concepts. Um, but you really want them to fall in love with, with the song. So uh, I think a fabulous teacher is one who can, in that, let's say, 25-minute rug time, um, get the kids to fall in love with the song, sing it, dance it, move it, clap the rhythm, and do some, some interesting work there to, to prepare themselves to play. Um, and so you're you're really on. You know, it's not it's not a lesson where you can say, look at this and go grab a cup of coffee and do something else. You know, you you've <laughs> got to really sure. really engage them every yeah. second, and every second is it, the time is fleeting. You know, and then you've got to get them to the keyboard. So you you've got a short window of time to do all those things. We we have a number of people calling us who want to visit our schools, and Sharon's school, Sharon's class is poor Sharon. I always send people there. But but I'm telling you, people come call me back afterwards and say, "Oh, I wish I was a kid again. I want a teacher like that." So um, she's one of those performing artists in the classroom. It's it's unbelievable, really. It's interesting that you said that because I was I was actually thinking that uh, earlier on in the show. I said, "Wow, I wish I can go back to school, you know, to kindergarten." But yeah. but Leisha, can you mention again the the piece you wanted to play a few minutes ago? I was going to play a little bit of of Musette. Musette. Okay, so um, while we cue that, yeah, we're ready for that, so I'm going to have the studio go ahead and play that. Okay, great. Five, four. You're correct. With adult ears, that's 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 not easy to to uh, but it, discern. But it, it transforms you, and I I just keep thinking. I know, and I again, I think your listeners are going to relate to this. We so many of us put on music during the course of our day. I know I live in my headphones when I'm in the trains and whatnot, and it's it just transforms you. It just makes you feel better. And I really think of um, a good music classroom as I as I see with our teachers as just being an oasis an oasis in their life. And, and getting back to what Lisa Alice said before, they've internalized this music. And unlike other lessons that may go in one ear and out the other, music sticks like glue, you know. And um, I think that's a huge part of what we're, what we're after here. Absolutely. Now, I want to go back to Sharon. Uh, Sharon, how do families uh, of your students feel about the program? My families are in love with the program. 
Um, I sent home a letter. Lisa has a letter. We sent home a letter at the beginning of the program telling what the program is, and I get emails every day. What kind of keyboard can I get my child? Should I start them on lessons? My <laughs> child came home, and they're talking about quarter notes and half notes, and my kid is six. I've got to start lessons. <laughs> Parents are so into the program. I mean, the kids, kids are coming home talking to them about notes and songs and rhythms and Beatles and Beethoven and Mozart, and their kids are just filled with joy. That, that's what, what happens. My children in my school are transformed. They are, are musicians and they're artists. And I think it's helping them in everything else they're doing. They're better singers. My plays are really good because these kids are singing since they're five years old. And I do Excellent. it at times with pre-K children. So they're singing since they're four. So actually, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that our, I say our, I'm no longer living in New York City, but I'm hoping that the, the new mayor gets an opportunity to hear about music in the brain if he hasn't already, because this is something that should go along with the new pre-K programs. Well, his, his heart is definitely in the right place. I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to the changes that, that are going to happen under de Blasio. Um, the schools were decimated over the last 12 years, and I'm, I'm just full of optimism and joy about this. So That's awesome. But at this time, we need to take a short break. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to Educate on TalkZone.com. Back to Jonathan Jefferson. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show and our ongoing discussion of music and the brain. Sharon, just before the break, you were sharing us how families are reacting to the program. Can you can you give us some examples of how pa- parents have spoken to the changes in their children? Maybe their children were hyper, maybe they were withdrawn. Can you give us some of those examples? Well, their children are definitely more outgoing, and I hear that all the time. That you know they have a child who was shy, but now is coming home and singing the songs from this book, or saying, "Hey, can I show you how to? You know, I want to show you what I played in class today." So the children are more outgoing. The language they use is is much more adult. They're using grown-up words when they speak to to their parents. When they discuss music, just the language that they use, they can express themselves better. So so they're going home with so many changes. And I don't know if Lisa mentioned, I took the program to Israel, where I heard you were talking about children with special needs. These were children who couldn't live with their parents for whatever reason. And Lisha put the program there, and these children were outside the door every morning. They couldn't wait to play. These children were totally changed. They were withdrawn. They had all kinds of emotional problems. All they wanted to do was get to the keyboards and play. Awesome. And so we've mentioned Israel, France. We know it's in New York City. Lisha, where else is the program? We have a few schools in Santiago, Chile. And I, I believe we're going to be, be maybe starting something in, in Puerto Rico soon. Lee Sala took the program over and trained some teachers in Japan, and sadly, I have to report that school has closed. But, um, mm-hmm. but we did translate the teacher's manual into Spanish, French, Japanese, Hebrew, and it's in English as well. So we're, we're ready to offer it up to people. Um, you know, language is, music is its own language, and in a way doesn't really didn't need to be translated so much, but we, we want to give teachers as much support we can. So this manual has been translated primarily for them into all those languages. 
Okay. And Lee Sala, if I may ask, are you in Chicago because uh, for something that's music and the brain related? Actually, yes, I am. Um, I, I We do have a school that is just outside of Chicago in Palatine. And this um, was a school that we, we started with because one of the teachers who had worked in a, in a school of ours in Brooklyn relocated. And so it was a beautiful uh, transition because she knew the program well and she was able to get it going in her school. And so um, I, I came to visit that school today. Um, and then also, as a little plug, my, my husband is a musician himself. He is performing in the, uh, in the production of... Uh, uh, Motown, which is is starting a traveling production of a starting here in Chicago. So I'm doing both. Oh, things, that's cool. Actually, yes, but yes, I was with those children today. They're doing a beautiful job. Um, it's it's just lovely to see the program in action in many different settings, um, and we're in a number of other cities as well. Um, and uh, and and the children are just flourishing. Kindergarten, first, fifth graders, all of them doing really a lovely job at the keyboard and. Parents excited, and you know it's just it's just a beautiful thing to see. Excellent, excellent. And Alicia, uh, what other of the major cities is uh, music and a brain in, in the United States? Well, we're we're in uh, c- cities here and there. Major cities: Philly, uh, Tulsa. Lisa uh, mentioned Chicago. I have, and and our pride and joy are the schools in New Orleans, where we have about fourteen schools right now. And the program is really, really thriving down there. Um, but I, I, there's a number of school, a number of cities I'd like to hit. I would love to start the program in Detroit. Any of your listeners have any connections with Detroit for me? Um, but we're we're we want to get this out. We want children to have this program, and with whatever funding we have, we give it to schools. Um, we're in about 150 schools right now, 120 in the city, but. Lisa and I are the only full-time people. We we spend my limited budget on giving it to schools. Um, nobody can buy this; they have to get it as a grant. And um, you know, we want to we want to reach more people. Wow! And I and I would definitely do whatever I can to help in that endeavor. And it's it's interesting that you mentioned Detroit because I had I've never been to Detroit, but I had Detroit on my mind because I keep seeing so much so many depressing images coming out of Detroit, and I thought. I immediately thought of this program having a huge positive well, impact. I, I know that that's a reality, but for me, Detroit just screams music and gospel music, which I love, and, and R&B, which are, these are my things. And um, just as New Orleans and New York scream music, but New Orleans and Detroit really scream American music. And um, so, yeah, the, the other reason as well, but, but it just seems right to me. Excellent. That's and. Nice. Do you have any more music you'd like to share I, with us? Yeah, I'd like to end with something really cheerful. <laughs> I put Bingo on there, and maybe Lisa can just sing it quickly to let people know um, what the song sounds like, That although everybody loves Bingo. And for whoever's queuing it up, it should say Full With Claps um, next to it. But anyway, we this was one of this great set of songs that um, Lisa and did with, with the quartet. And it was taught to... Um, we do a lot of workshops for our teachers, and... This song was taught at a workshop in which we had choreographers teaching my teachers how to dance to music, and so there was a great hip-hop dance that goes with this. I don't know, Sharon, if you've done it or not, but, but oh, I know fine. that whenever we train teachers, they love doing it. So, so you'll hear, Lisa will sing a little bit of it to remind people, and then you'll hear our funky bingo version, and that's a, a really happy tune, I think, to, uh, to end on. Awesome. So, so the, the version of the song that most people are familiar with, uh, the melody is, 
There was a farmer had a dog and Bingo was his name. Oh, B I N G O, B I N G O, B I N G O, and Bingo was his name. Oh. So if you so, have that in your mind, now listen to our our <laughs> version of it. We we did a little little switcheroo on it. <laughs> letters of bingo more spelling um more excuse for great music as far as i'm concerned hey there you go any excuse for music is a good excuse i know Um, i I know you may have more questions there's one other piece we can end with later but but i'll I'll save it (laughs) actually if we're going to play another piece we only have about five minutes left so we probably should play it right now (laughs) okay well then this one um is this a little different from the other ones we've listened to in this last hour this is from uh, Mozart opera. This is La Ci Darem La Mano. So it gives it gives the teachers an excuse to teach opera. And it's I did amazing. it today, Lisa. You did it today? I absolutely oh. did it today with one of my classes. Oh, cool. Okay. So, and then awesome. we time doing opera. I didn't let anybody speak. <laughs> Everybody had to sing what <laughs> they great. wanted to say. Oh, that's great. fantastic. But well, anyway, it's ready to play, so let's let's take a listen. Let it go all the way through. Ci darem la mano, la mi dirai di sì. I was I was dancing and snapping my fingers and almost unplugged from the show. So, um, one last thing, uh, Leisha, what have been some of your greatest challenges over the years? Um, the, the the greatest challenge is just getting schools and the system to recognize that they must must put music back in the classroom. 
I'm going to say that's the biggest sort of universal thing. Uh, you know, on a large level, it's just not mandated, and it needs to be. I Absolutely. would say that's the biggest. I think, you know, I think money is an important thing, and I don't want to say we don't need it because we really do to expand. But I believe money is there, and I think schools can adjust what they do with their money. Uh, so that's that's a that's a huge issue, uh, I think, for me. I mean, obviously, we have Sharon here, and her school is committed for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's a problem, and um, I hope it changes. I hope people understand the benefits are just crucial. Kids have a Absolutely. right to music. Absolutely. Okay, we have been speaking with Leisha LeCarry, Lasala Beatty, and Sharon Golub about music and the brain. Leisha, if a listener wants to learn more about music and the brain, what should they do? Check out our website, which is musicandthebrain.org, musicandthebrain.org. Our phone number's on there, but I'll give it out as well. And then just reach out to us. Everything's explained there. Studies are cited. How to get a grant is cited. Descriptions. Our phone number, but it is on the website as well, is 212-695-4242. That's 212-695-4242. Musicandthebrain.org. Leisha, Lisala, and Sharon, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening to Educate with Dr. Jefferson. Tune in next week as we continue to tackle the truth behind schoolhouse doors.